This is the Tar Life Podcast from Team Anderson Realty. Thank you for joining us. Another episode of Tar Life, Team Anderson Realty, my co-host Melody Tate, my executive assistant Jennifer, and we have Blaine today. He's with New Leaf Home Inspection, so I'm very excited to ask him a lot of questions. And we're going to start, though, with Frying Pan Tower. So Jennifer and I, we decided, I remember seeing about Frying Pan Tower years ago, and I was like, that would be a really cool place. But when I first went on their website, they weren't doing any type of Airbnb or, you know, to get on there. So I hadn't thought anything of it. And then I saw a YouTube video and I showed it to Diane and I said, wouldn't it be so, Diane's my office manager slash aunt. And I said, wouldn't it be so cool if we went here? And she was like, yeah. So she went on the website and she saw that you could actually Airbnb it. And so they they allowed us to either we could get our own ride uh, via helicopter or we could take a boat or we could swim there. However, swim. we can manage. <laughs> so how many miles is that? Miles. Yeah, about 32 or so. It's, so it's international waters and. It looks like an oil rig, but it was a lighthouse. And they call it Frying Pan Tower because from a helicopter or plane, it kind of resembles like a frying pan. Well, it's it's on frying pan shoals. That too. So, but it also looks like a frying pan. So yeah. they kind of like connected it all. So it's mm-hmm. Frying Pan Tower. And so we coordinated this with Richard. He's not the owner, but he's the one that bought it from the auction and then he sold shares. And so he runs it and he's the brains behind the operation and he's really the face of frying pan tower and he's very passionate but he is not the only owner he's he's his wife is probably i think she's the primary owner but anyways he was our host and we just yeah we went via helicopter i brought my father who's an agent in my firm and we had a family friend who's also our cpa she went on her own and she paid her own way but she met us there and so we just get on a helicopter. And this was like within three or four weeks of deciding to do this. We coordinate it. We buy our own groceries. And then we have to make sure that we don't weigh too much to get, you know, to Brian Pan Tower. Yeah. And they only give you one time. So you get okay. one ride there and one ride back. And they don't give you like an extra one. You know, the, the, the company ride, that, you know, like you have heavy stuff with us. Exactly. So. We arrive and it is absolutely amazing. You know, nobody or very few people, unless you've been on an oil rig, you've not been on a platform in the ocean and something not moving. So whether it's a, yeah. a cargo ship, a cruise ship or anything like that, you're not used to being in it. So we had some amazing views. We had mm-hmm. sunsets. We had amazing food and we were able to watch the shark cams and see the wildlife that was below us. And Richard was pretty much, he gave us a fireworks show and he explains like wow. what they were doing. Our, we had kind of barracks that we slept in, no air conditioning. I think that they've changed that since, but you didn't really need it because you had the ocean right. breeze. Yeah. And so the best thing I think, and I'm going to ask Jennifer what she was thinking, but we decided that we well, initially we wanted to go scuba diving, but the, it was the currents were way too strong out there in international waters, and it was not going to be it's, yeah. it wasn't going to be safe. And so we decided we were not going to do that. But a fishing boat came out. Well, I guess they were spear fishermen. And so they were nice enough to kind of host us for a snorkeling adventure. 
And keep in Jennifer, mind, I've never, she's never done it in my life. In her like, life. And they were, I, I would say it was four to five foot C's. Oh, God. Yeah. And so it was not exactly just a flat, beautiful water. Like and, Greece. Yeah. yeah, but I'm like, you know, we needed to rappel down this platform. 80 feet. 80 feet or so. No big just, deal. Just it's like a wooden <laughs> swing. And, you know, you're just sitting yeah. there. And so Chad, my husband, went down first. And he had this underwater camera and he is, you know, doing a little bit of snorkeling. But I had told him before he left, I said, you need to fix your snorkel because it's not attached properly. And I don't like the way that it's sitting on your mask. So I'm I'm a certified scuba diver and so is my husband. But he I've been certified since 98 and he got certified when we met. So he doesn't have as much experience as I do. And he, I didn't realize that he was not an advanced snorkeler. So he's down there and Richard's like, hey, is he like, you know, pretty good swimmer? And I'm like, oh, he's amazing. He's a great snorkeler. He's He's very athletic. (laughs) I'm like, let him do whatever. So he tells Chad to just go, like go swim around and hang out. And so he's almost smashing into the tower because of the currents. And he looks like he's drowning, but he, you know, we thought he was just kind of going with the flow. So then Jennifer, she looks at me for one second. She's like, I don't think I can do this. And I was like, of course you can do this. I'm like, can you swim? And she was like, well, yeah. And I go, well, I was like, here's a snorkel. Like, and here's a mask. And so you just swim and put your face down. And she was like, all right. All right, I'm going to do this. Sounds and I will say, I'm going to let her explain her experience, but. So I went down and I'm like, okay, this is eerie. And you get in the water, you have zero visibility and you do, you have a little bit of visibility, but not initially. And so all you're thinking about is Jaws and bull sharks or some crazy, mm-hmm. you know, we saw hammerhead, hammerhead when we first day came. Before. Huge hammerhead. Yeah. And they're kind of aggressive. Nope. So we get, I'm getting in the water and I'm like, wow, this is really eerie and it feels uncomfortable. And I prefer to dive. I don't like snorkeling on the surface because I feel like you look like a prey animal. But, you know, you only live once. You're a frying pan tower. We can't scuba dive. We even though we brought our own gear. And so I'm down there and I'm waiting for Jennifer. Oh, I was freaking out. (laughs) I mean, like, it's extreme for your first time. It is. But if somebody tells me you'll regret this, like, I don't care how extreme it is. I'm probably going to do it. (laughs) Great. Because I know that I will (laughs) regret it. She had like a dive master on the ship. So I felt like the guys that we were. And Richard gave me like the best pep talk right before I went down. He was like, you just get in the water and and swim. Make sure you swim because there's barnacles and they're going to kill you. you (laughs) They're going to cut you up if you hit them. So you just need to swim because the current's like pushing us into the, the legs of the tower. So. We just get in and I took off. The boat's way over there. When I first got in the water, Barracuda. It was like probably right a four foot long. My, like these right were established Barracudas. Yeah, like, and I was like, oh. all right, we're swimming. <laughs> we're, we're going because it's like Barracuda barnacles. It wasn't like grace. <laughs> like, okay, just get away from everything. And I did and it was fine. And so, then they pulled me onto the Oh, boat. that was, was no, so funny. So what did they no, say when you, yeah. I go to the boat and I'm like, all right, where's the ladder? And they were like, we don't have a ladder. And I'm like, you know, going crazy in the water. I two guys grab my hands and they pull like half my body onto the boat. But I can't get the rest of me up. 
Didn't they say you need to like try? They were like, yeah, like, like pull your own legs in. (laughs) You know, panicking a little bit because there's like so much going on. But it was great. So we get in the boat and you can really tell the seas when you're on this boat. And it was a good size boat. Would you say 30 feet, 25 feet? It wasn't huge, but it was a good size. And so you realize that it was really three to five foot seas and so jennifer was like i don't think i don't think i can do it and i'm like you just did it you just did it like you just did it and so okay and so you have to say i was like come on let's go and then i throw myself in and chad throws himself in and jennifer throws herself in and she and i are having the time of our lives because as soon as we got away from the tower Mm -hmm. there was more visibility you had the other people that was spearfishing and you just felt a lot more safe with the mm-hmm. group that we were with. Now, I do know that Chad looked like he was dying. <laughs> and I was, was worried. Like... I was worried because I was like, Jennifer, like, I think I think there's something wrong with Chad because he had this like seasick yeah. face. And, and, and I was Chad, like, are, are you, you going to hate? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. I was like, you're going to pass out and like <laughs> drop down to the bottom of the ocean. And he was like, I'm not. And I'm like, I think you're going to get really sick. So we ended up, I grabbed the camera and I thought maybe that will help him. Maybe he's having a hard time swimming. But apparently he had been inhaling salt water because of of his snorkel that he didn't change. Like I told him to. To your wife, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) And you're listening to this. (laughs) He's turning green and he really looks like he's going to die. So I said, all right, I'm going to make a call and let's just finish this a little bit earlier because I know him. He will not get back on the boat unless we go back on the boat. He kept saying that he was fine the entire time. But he did throw up in the ocean multiple times. He was on the other side of the Yes. He was on the other side of the boat, and we were like, Chad, what are you doing back there? And he's like, Erlen. <laughs> so then the once we finished, then we had to go back on the wooden platform. So you have to get off the boat yeah. when they get close enough, uh-huh. and then you have to fight the current in the sea and, the and throw yourself on this platform, which is now slippery because it's wood. And you're holding on and you're just drenched and you're going up and you just hear. And it's actually, I think it was a lot safer than it felt, but it was like clicking. It was like, (laughs) and I'm like, oh, it's going to drop. This weight is too intense for it. But, you know, I'm going up and I could, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the heaviest thing. I remember like wrapping my arms, like wrapping the rope around my arms just in case I slipped off. I'm like, I'm just going to hang on. Yeah, (laughs) it was absolutely amazing and it was a great time but we decided that we wanted to go in the middle of the night not really the middle of the night but like so was, nine ten o'clock at night in the darkness dark. dark yeah drop down and put our feet in the water or just yeah, hover like, right above it and richard was like that sounds a little dangerous so he asks my father he's like are you comfortable with this and my father's like not on a wooden platform. He's like, but do you have anything a little bit safer? Yeah, like a like, harness? So Richard gives us a beacon. So if we somehow get out of our harness, then we have a beacon for international recovery. Somebody yeah. might find you. They might. But honestly, I think we probably would have drowned in our, we had these harnesses and there was no getting out of those. So if we really were in the water and we got submerged, I think we would have drowned. So the yeah. beacons would have been pointless. Mm-hmm. But it was, it, 
worth it. I make it sound more dangerous than it was, but it, Richard really, he made sure that everything was safe and he made sure that if we wanted to go up right away, we did. My dad ended up going down with mm -hmm. Vivian and Diane did with Chad and it was super, super fun. I was much more nervous going down in the day and swimming in the water than I was doing that. That felt like I was on Well, we were pros after ride. that. Well, yeah, you already been there. You're good. We were pros. And we knew we didn't have to get back. Getting back on the swing when you're wet is really uncomfortable. Yeah. But I definitely recommend it. If you guys ever want to go to Frying Pan Tower, and you can volunteer there and just pay your way, figure out how to get there, or coordinate with Richard, of course, or you can Airbnb it. At least they were still doing that last I heard. You can do New, York, New Year's Eve. You can do hurricanes if you want to encounter a hurricane. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is cool. intense. That would yeah. be so fun. Probably not, not snorkeling. No, no. you would die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be a death sentence. Yeah. But it was amazing. And I think he's got a new jet ski or new to him jet ski so that if you do Airbnb it, you can possibly take the jet ski. There are definitely things that you can do. Fishing. Yeah. You can do an array of things. You can cook the stuff that you fish or you can bring it. But amazing time. And so. Highly recommend. Yes. So now we're going to go into Blaine. And he is a home inspector. You do residential, right? We do. Yeah. Do you do commercial at all? Light commercial. Okay. Dentist offices and things like that. Okay. Not, no Walmarts or Targets or anything. And no. what areas do you serve? Um, we serve everywhere. We're based out of the Triangle. But we literally go, for example, this morning I was on the border of South Carolina. So we go all the way down past Fayetteville, all the way up to Virginia, all the way west as far as, you know, Burlington, Winston-Salem, and then all the way up to almost the coast. So. He did my woman he did a woman oh, inspection that's right. Yeah, yeah, we'll go out there for yeah. certain people. We will, yeah, we'll go <laughs> Mention the Tar Life podcast and he will go to we'll Wilmington. Get there. Yeah, we'll, 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 get, we'll get there. Yeah. But yeah, we cover house. a wide area. We do. That's great. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Hmm? What is, I'm going to give you a scenario. Mm -hmm. uh, we have used a lot of home inspectors in the past, mm -hmm. and I have encountered situations where the seller calls the home inspector that the buyer contracts out sure. and asks questions. Sure. Do you limit your response to a seller if they call you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, in North Carolina, our licensure board and our rules, they, they, they're very strict with us as home inspectors, and that's good for our, for our clients. Um, protects everyone. So if anyone ever calls on the seller's behalf and says, hey, what was this? What was that? I'll either defer back to the buyer's agent or, or just simply say, hey, you know, this is, this is the, the buyer's report and this is their information. If they're willing to share this with you, have the buyer reach out to me or their buyer's agent reach out to me and say, hey, you can discuss this with them. That's what we always say. That's a good point. Now, if I get an okay from, from an agent or a buyer and it says, hey, yeah, tell them whatever you want, I'll say, sure, no problem absolutely happy to have, you know, a further conversation, maybe explain mm -hmm. things a little bit better to a seller so they can understand what's going on. Because sometimes people just don't know. And that's okay. Yes. Well, and sometimes I think the other party, and I don't think that their intentions are always bad, but sometimes mm -hmm. they'll try to talk to a home inspector to make the report itself not seem as damaging in their eyes. And I... So you, when you're looking at a home, you're looking for things not functioning as intended. Mm -hmm. Uh, considering normal wear and tear, right? Yep. So you're right. not looking at cosmetic things that are normal wear and tear. You're looking at things that are not functioning considering the wear and tear that that property has had. That That's exactly right. So we're not going in there looking for, you know, the paint doesn't match. Like you said, cosmetic things like that. Oh, the floor doesn't match, things like that. 
or it's, you know, they, they did half of the floor in, in this wood and then they did the other half in that wood. That's not relevant to us. As long as it's being a floor and not damaged or, you know, indicating any damage, then we're going to move right along. We do tiptoe that line on new construction for our clients. Mike, if you go into a, a new construction home, you guys know the blue tape walkthrough. Yeah. We're not going to do anything that extensive, but if there's a, a larger crack or something like settlement crack or something like that. Because the wear and tear wouldn't be, it's new construction, right? That's right. So yeah. have, that's right. And they're going to fix most of those things. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So you're not really worried too much about those things. Now, if it's obviously a crack that's indicator of a pro- structural problem, then that's a different story. But yeah. So what would you do in a situation? So Jennifer, tell him about your home and your crawl space. And if you can ask him, you know, based on that situation, if he could look at anything. Well, when I purchased the home, it was like such an incredibly low price that I had to. But the crawl space is like six inches. Sounds about right. Yeah. So It's <laughs> it's almost 100 years old. OK, yeah. Um, That's normal. And it's very uneven. So yeah. what would you there's not a lot we can do. Some inspecting, some inspectors use bots that go in there, little robo cars that'll go in with cameras. But even then, those have limitations. If we can't physically fit into a crawl space or it's not safe for us to go in there, we'll just generally say, hey, you know, we looked at what we could look at and this is what we saw. We'll take a moisture reading at the access if there is one so we can get an overall idea of the moisture content in the crawl space, kind of look around as much as we can. But Everyone's limited in that scenario. So if you do have a problem on those older homes with low crawl spaces, you have to think about, okay, who's going to go in there and and fix a plumbing leak down there? Mm -hmm. They're probably going to have to do it from top to the bottom, from the floor. And that's why also in those older homes, you see the old crawl space accesses that have been covered up and things like that. So there's, I didn't know they had bots though. That would be really helpful. Do you guys have a bot? No. Uh, because I think you need to get one. No, no, because they're one, one, they're extremely, extremely expensive. And then two, when, when, not if, but when your bot gets stuck. Oh, in I didn't think space. about that. Now, could you just tie a little line on it and fish no, it out? No, because yes, you can. No, no, <laughs> it's an accident waiting to happen. And it's a mess. So um, we do fly drones, but, but that's about it. Well, that's good. At least you have the mm-hmm. drones for yep. the roof. And I mean, if the house has been there a long time. Right. It's been there that fine. long. <laughs> There's two ways to look at it. That's right. This is the time. When I've had them out, they get, that's what I like about them. They're actually getting on the roof. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, if we can walk on the roof, Mm -hmm. we'll walk on the roof for sure. And if not, they're always doing a ton of drone images with Mm -hmm. video. So that's super helpful. What's your turnaround time on report? Same day. Always on the home inspection report. I got one yesterday, did it yesterday morning, and I had it by 3. And Mm -hmm. we didn't finish till 12. Yeah. It's it's very quick. Yeah, we were, were, our software is is pretty cool. We report as we go along on our phones or tablets, whatever the guys want to use. And I think that's important that we are documenting the home as we're there, that way we're not taking anything to our house. And you know how it is when you get home. You get kids and, mm-hmm. and things to take care of and you get sidetracked. And if you're looking at photos of a house, it, it's it's really hard for me anyways to go back and, and say, all right, well, what, what window was that? You know, what, what room is this in? It's almost impossible, especially if you're doing two homes a day, then, you know, you get wrapped up, so... What was your background before home inspection? I was in the military okay. prior. I was in the Army for eight years. What, a, what did you do in the Army? Air and missile defense okay. in the Army. So I had a great time. Actually, that's where I met so my attention wife. attention to detail. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we had a, I had a pretty tedious job. We deployed twice. Beat your wife while you were deployed? Uh, I met her in the military. Not while we deployed, okay. but we did deploy together on my second deployment. So that was like a deployment. Yeah. Aww. We went to UAE. Cool. The king, My first deployment was... More of a rigorous one, but my second deployment, we went to United Arab Emirates. 
we were on an Air Force base. So it was they had a pool and yeah, it was a hangout basically. Yeah, yeah. kind of how when Austin went to Kuwait, just hung out. Oh yeah, Kuwait. Yeah, we I passed through there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I like about them too is their reports are really easy to read, and they walk the clients through everything. So yesterday they they walk them through everything. The last thirty minutes, I always tell my clients, show up the last thirty minutes and let's walk through everything because mm. he had never been in an attic space, he had never been in a crawl space. So Artie actually walked him into the attic and was like, this is an attic. This is what you should do here. And then walked him in the crawl space. And then they walked through the report. So as things were happening and saying, okay, you've got this going on in the crawl space. Because the house was 66 years old. So he walked him through Mm -hmm. everything so he could explain like, you know, this part of the house actually has a slab underneath. Because this house was probably added on to at one point. Because it's 66 years old. It's in downtown Pequay. Mm -hmm. So he walked them through everything. And the report's not scary because it really points out recommendations mm-hmm. i can't remember like how the color coding works but and usually when i see red i freak out <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we we we, we do it bl- like blue and orange normally orange more important things blue is kind of like you know whenever you get to it kind of thing like a punch list yeah exactly it's nice for the clients to have you can make a punch list with their report so we can literally go like if the client says i want a b and d fixed you can click on those things and it makes it on a spreadsheet that's completely separate. So they're not seeing the whole report to you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of nice. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the repair request builder. It's yeah, very important. A lot of agents use that. I want to know like the craziest thing that you've seen in a, on a resale hallmark inspection. Gosh, it's endless. Not even on a resale. I mean, just, I mean, just yesterday there was, we were at a, uh, someone added a sunroom onto the back of a very, very nice $1 million house in Clayton. And uh, they added an enclosed sunroom. So, you know, you can imagine brick siding, things like that. It was to the point where I, w- I, was, in the, I was in the crawl space below the home and the piers that reached the floor joists were not touching each other. And when you walk in the sunroom, you can literally see the floors, you know, mm-hmm. wonky and the not side, like, yeah. yeah, it is just really bad and it's a home you would look at and say okay everything's gonna be was perfect in this house and passed absolutely i mean the guy said yes but he was just the he's just the guy living in the house and he didn't, he didn't seem know. too familiar with anything yeah I, I don't even do you know if it was i didn't look up any permits on it no but there's no way that to me there's no way that an actual because you need a general contractor at that point obviously it's more than thirty thousand dollars i'm assuming because he had plumbing hvac separate bathroom added in, in there and things. Oh so, my. yeah. So it was the only, only things that looked great were the plumbing and HVAC. You can tell they wow. called a plumber and an HVAC guy out there and oh, they wow. actually did that correctly. But as far as the structure itself, it was pretty rough as far as, as far as that goes. So the seller was home while you did that inspection? Yeah. Was they, it for a buyer? It was for a person living in the house and they just wanted the addition inspected. Okay. And thankfully they did because... After it was completed. Yes, that's okay. right. It, it, it was It was very bad. That's a good thing you know we all use home inspections or recommend them when you purchase and then Mm -hmm. i also recommend them at the one year oh yeah and often i'll recommend a different home inspector for the one year and you guys have several in your company yes just to get another set of eyes on it but Mm -hmm. i have had inspections done where it's just i'm not going to ask for repairs but i just want to know what they find yeah and obviously inspectors are not they don't, they're not all knowing but your your goal is to find as much as you possibly can it's just the buyer Mm -hmm. needs to understand that they won't necessarily find everything because they're only human. Right. And so as long as it's not like a jarring oversight, mm-hmm. you know, I Correct. don't think that that's, that's right. But yeah, you can we... use them for if you have somebody working on, you know, an addition, mm-hmm. 
or a deck just to yep. have another set of eyes. If you don't know a licensed general contractor that is even willing to come out and put a set of eyes on it, and they usually aren't if it's not their own job. A home inspector. If they're not making money, it's hard to get. A some home inspector sure, is yeah. a great well, and they don't want necessarily the liability or the confrontation with another right. com- contractor. That's yeah. exactly right. We're probably almost back in those days too, where. Sellers might do inspections prior to listing to provide that value, mm-hmm. you know, before they list a home. Especially mm-hmm. with the older properties, oh, with absolutely. the unknowns. It's nice because a lot of buyers, see, I'm like Jennifer. I will, like my office is 1935. Sure. I did not have a home inspection on that because I knew it was, they the thought it was a teardown, you yeah. know, yeah. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Like, all right, it's bad. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, but I know, I know that everything can be fixed. Absolutely. It's just a matter of your resources. Yeah. And how much you're willing to spend. And if you have people that you know right. that aren't going to overinflate the numbers. And yes. if you're willing to do it, you know, one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if you have a buyer that is more cautious or they're, they're less risk tolerance, like we have high risk tolerance. And I would say Mel does really? too, because yeah. of your mountain home. Mm-hmm. It's just, it gives them that peace of mind because, you know, just because you don't have a high risk tolerance doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. It just means right. that you need to be comfortable with your purchase. And so yeah. that extra peace of mind is a really great value. What, how much approximately do the home inspections cost at range? And we're not going oh, to hold They start that. around 350 400 bucks, And then the older and, and larger the home is, they increase. Our, our scheduler is live and it's up to the minute. And, and you can select the date and time, inspector you want, and things like do that. Do you release the report before it's paid for? No, we do not. So it blocks. It's a fail-safe. So the clients have to pay. We do offer pay at closing. So if, if you, Oh, see, you, I don't like that. Yeah, we, I we don't charge even, to do it. Yeah, we charge a hundred bucks see, to kind of. I don't even you know. like having that as an option because mm-hmm. a lot of closings, especially now, are falling through. And in the past, when we had, I would say 2010 to 2013, mm-hmm. there were a few people that I even worked with that after they were not either they closed and they didn't have the funds to pay for it, yeah. or they felt like they shouldn't have to pay for the funds. Mm-hmm. Or it fell through, they didn't want to pay for it. Same with oh, surveyors. Yeah. And so I think it's a little risky. I don't it know is. if I, as a business owner, would want an extra $100 or whatnot to have mm-hmm. it paid at closing, knowing that there's got to be a percentage that I'm going to eat. Oh, or yeah. I have to go pursue the buyer to get reimbursed for. We work with a lot of great realtors in the area. And so you kind of almost know. If that makes sense. You don't know. What? You kind of almost know. don't know. Well, I don't so trust we have, any person to pay. Like, no, me I either. Just, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, so we've had, we've had a couple experiences where it was like a re- rep- repetitive thing. And so then you definitely know. So, so one, one buyer in particular, you know, didn't close the same thing. Oh, I don't want to pay. And then it's an automatic. All right. No. And, and we'll request another inspection kind of thing for me anyways, for, for us, I, I like to I like to provide the option. I don't promote it or anything like that, yeah. but it is See, there I, if somebody as an needs agent, it. Sure. I do not recommend other agents even. No, yeah, we'd rather you option. not. Yeah, yeah. I do. clients pay. I tell all my my clients to pay for the inspections. Up yeah, you know, it's just something you've got to budget in, like closing costs. You know, that you you're gonna have to have done. So. Absolutely. And, you know, the more stuff that you have on the closing disclosure as a fee, it can, you know, just all throw jumbled things. Up yeah, it can throw yeah. things off in the underwriting and with the lender. And so it's it's nice of you to offer that. Mm. But 
I would never recommend one of our agents even recommending that because then you have to think about it. So I always feel really obligated to make sure that our vendors are paid. Oh, absolutely. And feel horrible if you guys weren't paid by one of my clients. Yeah. Yeah. And it would create tension too between you and the relationships we have with our vendors too. Yeah. I had one client one time that he just felt like he, and he closed on the property and this was many years ago and he just felt like he shouldn't have to pay it. Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) all right, buddy, well, you have to pay it. And it was mm-hmm. like a $300, but I'm like, this is what you get yeah. for a peace of mind. And it's optional. Right. You don't have to do it. Right. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to eat that expense that you chose to do. Yeah. And so it ended up being okay, but it created tension. So I wish sure. that the home inspector at the time had just made them pay for it when it was done. It was and done. then it wouldn't even be an issue. Yep. Right. Well, most of the time, too, if they're going to the inspection, they're getting kind of a rundown. So at that point, they probably want it. But do you right. find that fire? Do you see that doing inspections on new construction is just as valuable as a resale? Oh, absolutely. People yes. always ask me that question. And of course, I say yes because I did one. And then you guys came out at 11 months and I had termites, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. But why do you think it's valuable to do it on new construction? Really, because at the end of the day, we're all human. Right. So, so people think of builders and even these larger builders that do it thousands of times a year, Dan Ryan. They think Mr. Dan Ryan's out there building the house, right? Yeah. As a consumer, if you're not familiar, then you don't know. And, and so we're all human and mistakes are made on every single house, even with a county inspection, you know, the city guys that go out there. We find broken trusses and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's just, and, and no fault of not throwing any builders under the rug or anything like that, but we're human and we make mistakes Absolutely. and that's what it's, that's what, that's Some why we have a job. Some of them make more mistakes than they should be. And so we want to, we don't want to throw them under the bus, but they <laughs> yes. don't, they don't. I see a lot of broken trusses. I've There's seen a that, lot. Like, ton on Yes. On that's probably the most common on new construction. Which is huge when they go to resell the home. Yeah. Because then you got to have a structural Such engineer pain. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you go ahead and have it done now, the builder has to provide you with that structural report. Well, they all do it as long as it's within that structural time frame too, but they're yeah. so slow. They are. So it's better yeah. to get the result now because they usually have a structural engineer that they're working with. So Good Typically, point. yeah. And they get it quick. like right away. Yeah, he'll go out there yeah. quick. Yeah. And then you guys work with Raleigh Radon. We do. Yeah, we well, well, Wake, Wake Radon does our radon tests okay. for us and indoor air quality and stuff like that. But they do have an engineer. Uh, Wake Air does have an engineer. Do you have like a recommendation or do you work with a company if somebody wanted to test for lead or methamphetamines or anything like that? Yeah, we don't do any in-depth in testing as far as chemicals or anything like that. But lead paint we can do. Lead paint's touchy, like asbestos and popcorn ceilings is touchy. There are a lot of rules in North Carolina that prevent a lot of guys from doing it. You have to go through this extensive thing on asbestos anyways to get your certification. If some has, for example, fallen off of the ceiling, then we can collect that sample and turn that in. But we cannot personally remove anything. And same thing with lead paint. We can't personally, like, chip away the paint. I mean, I would just tell people, things. I personally tell people if it's within a certain age, it's yeah. expected to be somewhere yeah. in the house. Correct, yes. And if it's not in popcorn ceilings, it can be mm-hmm. in be somewhere. vinyl yeah. tiles, yeah. and it can be wrapped around You never know. Yeah, H- H- yeah, HVAC insulation for your ductwork. We used to use it everywhere because we thought it was cool. I mean, it works. You ever gotten to a crawl space and seen a critter in there with you? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we do do a lot of inspections a year, you know, well over a thousand. And 
not a matter of like if, but when and what. You oh know, gosh. I can't imagine getting out of there and finding a snake under there with me. Yeah, dead. Yeah, they're out there. They're definitely out there. Lots of big spiders. Or spiders. Lots of, lots of those. Lots, lots of, of spiders. spiders. Yeah. yeah. So since you said that uh, gutters weren't mandated in the state of North Carolina, uh-huh. how often do you inspect homes that don't have any? And what are obviously the major issues would be foundation. But right. how often do you find homes that don't even have any? Oh, all the time. I mean, it's either they don't have any or the home's been remodeled or they've had an insurance claim on the roof. Then the roofers will come out and redo the roof. They have to take the gutters off and they don't replace the gutters because the insurance doesn't cover it in North yeah, Carolina. They do. They well, do if it, I guess some if guys they're do. damaged. A lot of guys won't if it's like storm damage or anything like that. The guys will either put the old ones back up or will not put new ones up because they don't want to eat the cost. And I understand that. Um, but we see them all the time. Even on new construction homes, we'll see maybe a builder did like the front over the entryway and didn't do the rest of the house. That's so sneaky. It is. And then, then you're not thinking about it. you see it. the cover photo of the yeah. home, you're like, okay, gutters, got it. You know, but not not on the back of the house or anywhere else. I didn't have gutters on my la- the house that I had sold in Harnett County, there wasn't gutters until I remodeled the home and, and added gutters on it. But you could tell in my crawl space that I, mm-hmm. that I did. Oh, yeah. It, there, there's definitely a purpose for them. Absolutely. Yeah, moisture I in my crawl space. Any gutters. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. But doesn't. you're going to get them. Yes. She has those rain chains, too, which I love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a rain chain in my house. It's awesome to watch. Yeah. And they actually, they work really well. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have, the one thing I do not, so my office has the leaf guard gutters where yeah, it yeah. has like the bullet curl over in yeah, the front. I, yeah i've noticed that for all my houses i need to have either that yeah. or some type of cover because my office has the leaf guard brand as well and they're pretty good except for i noticed that they are ridiculously expensive in certain areas like yeah. in this area they're not that bad but i tried to get an estimate at our for a lake house and they wanted like thirty thousand dollars and this is a 2,000 yeah. square foot house and then a boat house and then a, like a little shed and my mouth and they were really pushy about it. And I'm like, OK, people, well, it was like $4,000 <laughs> for my office. So obviously I'm not going to go for 30. Yeah. So we ended up just doing like a traditional a gutter with like a some sort of cover on it just to kind of sure, mitigate yeah. some of the leaf that Help get. A little but bit, there's yeah. things still accumulate on them so you need to mm-hmm. blow them off right yeah you always have to maintain it regardless you know you see all those advertisements about maintenance free and stuff like that but what's the do you see a lot of dirty air filters i feel like a lot of people <laughs> and how often should yeah. you be replacing those a monthly yeah uh, mm-hmm. I, we always say get the cheap filters mm-hmm. and then replace them monthly the the HEPA filters and those allergen filters are great, but the cloth on them is really thick, so your system's working real hard to intake that air. It, it doesn't affect the energy efficiency rating, but if you don't change them, and then over time, then that gets clogged up. So it's just easier to change them often and just do the cheap ones. What about the systems that have the yearly ones, the thick ones that are actually in the system itself in there? Yeah, you have to kind of read the manufacturer's labels on those, and then you have to buy those specific yeah. filters for yeah. like the whole house filters mm-hmm. on those. Yeah, that's what so we So always got. bounce it off of the, Google it, you know, bounce it off the manufacturer Google, on those. Dr. Google. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a big believer in Dr. Google. Yes. <laughs> we have information at our fingertips. Infer- like, Use you it. can. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm sure buyers, they kind of self-educate themselves about certain things and they'll ask you questions, but I'm sure we you hope. welcome questions, right? <laughs> oh, I'll, I absolutely yeah. all the time. Now, I'm assuming, though, that when you're doing a home inspection, I have had in the past when I was working primarily with buyers, some that wanted to follow the home inspector around every single second. Yeah. And I just found it being very distracting. It is. And it's time consuming. Yes. Yeah. 
And it's always better, in my opinion, you can be present, but to let the home inspector do their thing. Sure. And then do the summary like Melody recommends. Yeah, we did yesterday. We showed up the mm-hmm. last 30 minutes and walked through everything and then we're able to look at things in person. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah. We're happy to take time with your clients and we're not rushing anybody out or anything like that. But like you said, it is distracting. And we were, look, we were looking at a whole lot of information on the home and we're there for a limited amount of time. So we don't want the scenario where, you know, client client comes out and is hovering the whole time, you know, what are you doing, things in that. And then they move in and it's like, well, you know, you were like watching my back the whole time and we were talking the whole time. Yeah, I was I trying to be this nice. one thing and, because yeah. I was turned around talking to you. <laughs> yeah, and we I walked mean, right it past it. Yeah, we're human. So, yeah, we, we do encourage attendance at, towards the end, if possible, at least give us a a little bit of a heads up so we can get a foothold Absolutely. on the house before anybody oh my gets gosh. there. Yes. I had a, I forgot even the name of the home inspector, but there is a home inspector once that my client wanted to use. And I never heard of the guy in my life. Sure. And he was there and I forgot, this was so many years ago, so I don't really remember the story that well, but I remember him not testing the HVAC properly. And I had Uh done enough home inspections to know that something didn't seem right. Mm -hmm. He seemed rushed and he did not use a ladder whatsoever. Mm. And I just felt like he was too quick and he was too fast and not, he seemed very disorganized. And so I told my client, I said, look, I really recommend that we get another home inspector out because I don't feel good about the home inspection that was done. And it's funny because it was like a newer townhome. It wasn't like an older property or anything like that. But I still just felt like there was something missing. And so we had another home inspector out and the HVAC was not working at all in terms oh, wow. of the compressor needed to be replaced, the split. What are you looking for? How much of a like a different... 14 degrees is, is the general mm-hmm. okay split temperature differential on those things. Yeah. Was, I mean, on older systems, you you know, you kind of... You kind of almost think, you know, if they're at 15, 20 years old, you know, you're you're almost at the end of the life on those things. If it's things. LP, though, don't those burn out the heating elements faster? I heard it's about 10 years for it depends. LP. It depends on if it's an exterior gas package unit. Gas Obviously, exterior. Yeah, yeah, if it's on the LP. exterior, then the elements are beating that thing up a little mm-hmm. bit faster well, than they are. It burns hotter than natural gas, right? A little bit, yeah. It does burn a little bit hotter. And and then the the transition of that air from the heat exchangers to getting to the condition areas is a little bit different. Yeah. And I think the moisture content's different as well. So that creates that condensation on those heat exchangers and then the rust and things like that. Yeah. But, you know, then on the flip side, you see run, ones that run for 20 years and it just depends on the use and things. LP you see like, running for 20 years? You can, yeah. They're out there. It doesn't like mean they're running efficiently. had their elements changed within that 20-year yeah. period because yes. I was yeah, told by a yes. lot of HVAC contractors that we have LP heat at our property. And so one of our properties, and it was hmm. kind of like it's a ticking Oh, it's going to fail. 100%. Yeah, it's going to fail. Like baseboard heat at my mountain house. That, that is expensive. Electric baseboards? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah like, that's very expensive. So that's like using heat strips to heat your house. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So you're going to really... Lots of them. Yeah, lots of them. So you've got really, and it's inconsistent heat, too. Yeah. How much is your heating bill in the um, winter? 
about five hundred dollars. Yeah, I you know, five six hundred dollars. But then Jeez. in the summertime, nothing forty dollars. Yeah. So you don't have just so like the same. Yeah, it kind of evens out. Really, yeah. It really does even itself out. When you yeah. got that first bill, were you like, "Whoa, what is this?" Yeah, when people are renting it, you're like, "This is different." This is a little. Oh, and people are renting it. You, they don't. They, uh, don't, they don't care. Yeah. yeah, they don't care. They'll run the gas, even though it's really just for. Is it LP or natural? It's LP. Okay, yeah. yeah. LP Do you have an there. underground or an above ground tank? Above ground tank, and it's just for the fireplace. Just Oh, of the okay. Fireplace. But we have a need. timer on it, so it's 30, 60, or 90, and then it cuts off for them. So that way, if somebody ever left it running, yeah. we wanted it to be able to cut off automatically. Yeah. So we paid to have that installed. So they don't go to bed and like keep it going exactly. all night long. Exactly. People will. Or in the house. People don't care. It's when you yeah. go to the beach house, you want the AC running, right? And then I'll go in visit my mom, and she's got the door wide open. Oh, that's like, such oh a my thing. Gosh. With the AC on. We put yeah. these like <laughs> hardcore, like, Marine style, like what are those? Like the, the arms. arms that like so it like you cannot just leave it open. Like you're gonna have to put something very heavy yeah, because it's like boom closes yeah. the door. People like to do that. I don't. It is what it is. It's but. it's such it's so terrible mm-hmm. on the units. Oh, it's yeah. so yeah. terrible. It creates so much moisture. Oh, it's so terrible. That when you inspect a property at the beach, it's so different than inspecting a property here in Raleigh. Yeah, it you is. know to inspect pilings. It is. It is. Huh? You check pilings. We do, yeah. We check pilings, like on uh, elevated homes, still like, houses, and things. No, we don't dig down. You're supposed to. We can only see what we can see. Oh, you're supposed to. Yeah, we have limitations. Well, it says that I'm glad my guy dug down because no, he no, said no, that no, our home could fall down. That's crazy. Mm, yeah, we dig down. Yeah. But yeah, the beach is completely different. The mountains, it's different. You know. Yeah, I learned. I learned about the beach and the mountains and runoff in the mountains is very significant. If you have any type of view or you're at the bottom of, you know, a peninsula Mm -hmm. or something like that, you have to think about runoff. And I don't know. Do you guys look at runoff issues? We look at grading. We had a driveway Mm -hmm. that was you could tell that it was kind of wrinkling and dropping. Yeah. Yeah, we look at the slabs, like if the slabs pitch the wrong way or if it's sunk or anything like that. It was asphalt. Or asphalt. Asphalt will shift as well, just like, okay. just like poured concrete will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we look at that, and then we include that in the grading around the house, things like that. So if it's pitched backwards or if the garage slab's pitched backwards or sunk or anything, we see it. Yeah. Especially in the area. We have um, what's considered to be expansive soil. So wintertime is different than the summertime. Moisture content's different, so it expands and attracts. And we have what's called differential settlement. So... You see it all the time. Everyone needs to get a home inspection. Yeah. Really. really 100%. Truly. And especially truly. new construction, buyers have too much faith in the builder, the builder yeah, and the local inspectors that just do permitting. I actually had a situation where I forgot the whole thing, but it was a buyer that bought a home and it was a screened in porch and mm-hmm. it failed the home inspection. Sure. But it actually passed through the town. It was closed permit. It passed. And the person that actually closed it. Uh, was no longer working for them, and I can imagine why. Conveniently enough. <laughs> yes, but I was just, like, in shock that the seller thought that it passed and everything was okay, but it needed a sig- thousands of dollars of work that was missing. Yeah. And I was just at the prime example of you don't always have people that are mm-hmm. looking with the town or the county right? that they're either over, they just don't have enough time or they're not the person for the job. And that's rare, but it happens. And the only way Mm -hmm. for you to know for sure is to have an independent second view of the property Mm -hmm. via a third-party home inspector. You're right. Yeah, we have a non-biased opinion on the home. We're just there to 
give you the facts. Do you give any discount? Let's say they do a new construction and then they do a one year with the same inspector. Yeah, so they get an automated email that comes out after their one year, after their new construction, and they get a discount code on that. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yep. Good. I sure do. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We yeah. really appreciate your time. And I had so much fun talking about Frying Pan Tower and home inspections oh, and yeah. everything like that. So thank you for coming. What's your website? Newleafhomeinspections.com? Newleafinspections.com. Yep. Newleafinspections.com. Got it. And I think the next time that we go on, we're going to talk about Puerto Rico. And we will see who the mystery guest speaker is for next week. So thank you for joining us. And thank we'll see you. you. Thanks for coming, Blaine. Yeah, thank you Thanks for listening to the Tar Life Podcast with top producing mega agent, Erica Anderson. If you've enjoyed this episode or found the content to be useful or fun, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Visit our website at www.teamandersonrealty.com. We are actively serving the Triangle area, Raleigh, Durham, Charlotte, and the coastal regions of North Carolina. If you're looking to sell a home, please contact Team Anderson Realty to set up an in-person or virtual consultation today.